3: To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. And now it's time for meditation of the day. Any change, even a change for the better, is always accompanied by drawbacks and discomfort. Arnold Bennett, every day I strive to be the best person I can be, the best mother, the best grandmother, the best friend, the best daughter. Every day I wake up, I have learned in my life to trust the inner voice, because to me, the inner voice, when you are at peace and stillness, is a direct communication line from the spirit, from God, whatever your religious belief is. And I sit in it. And one day, I remember when I said to myself, I'm going to start trusting this voice, and I'm going to delete mine, because every time I trust this voice, it's always for the better. Today. I will learn to hear, listen, and trust my voice because I know the voice is of the divine and the plan is better than anything I could devise.
4: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves here and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now.
0: Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to look out for my new show, Inside the Black Box. I'll be co-hosting with the great Joe Morton. We'll be on Crackle Network real soon. I'll keep you posted. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. One of the things that I think is so great about my gig is that I meet actors, and I'm an advocate for actors. I fight for actors. I love actors. And nine times out of ten, they're all my friends. So I am, for two reasons, overjoyed to introduce you to our guest today. She is a spirited actor OG, like real OG, okay? And we're going to talk about that. But she is a phenomenal actress in her own right slash producer and adding many more other credits as well. We're going to talk about the self-tape consultant that you guys need. So she will give you all her information. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to stand up for my friend and my spirited actor OG, Miss Jalisa Cabre. Hey.
1: This is awesome. How does it feel to be on the other side? <laughs> it feels so different. I'm usually here supporting the guests and supporting everyone else. So this is this is different, but I receive it.
0: Well, you know what? Like a lot of you guys hear us talk about our producer extraordinaire, Mr. Spruce Henry, And Spruce is also an advocate for actors as well. And so the thing that I love about this show that we've established is that, you know, we want to interview working actors and that looks like all kinds of things, whether you're, you know, doing regional theater, Broadway, reoccurring, contract player, day player. You know, we want to know the full experience of what it is to be an actor. And one of the things I can honestly say that I gra- gravitated to when I first met you and continue is your passion. You have a true passion for this craft on all levels. So I want
1: to start at the beginning. Why did you choose acting
0: or did acting choose
1: you? Mm, I guess a combination of both, right? Like you kind of, I live in a very spiritual household. Uh, my mom is an herbalist and all sorts of stuff. So we're spiritual letter around here. And uh, when I was younger, I used to watch Michael Jackson on TV all the time. And I saw the impact that he made on the world. And like people were falling out of his concerts, all sorts of craziness. Right. And I saw his philanthropy and all that. And I was like, I want to do something. I didn't necessarily sing or didn't really even have a passion to want to be a singer, but uh, I wanted to do something in the arts. Um, my mom put me in a theater or charm school, which used to be in the Empire State Building. And so I was literally the youngest <laughs> one there. And so charm school is kind of like mini pageantry. Right. And so you do the walk. And you know the etiquette right. and all that jazz, but we also get a chance to perform. So the first thing I ever performed was my Angelus Still I Rise," and I was eight, right? And so oh. it was cool. Mm-hmm. I, and from there, it was wonderful to be able to transform. Uh, like I made it my own. And so I transformed to this character and then I was done. I got to be me again and go around being the little kid, you know, hit people doing you know, doing whatever like little kids do, you know, and so that was cool. And then I went to right. um, this other like summer camp thing and uh, I got to play Cinderella. And so from there, I was kind of like sold. I was like, I like this. Like, you know, you get to tell people stories. You get to pretend. I know now. Now it is being right. But at that time, yeah, right. it was like, oh, we get to just do this and yes. then transform back. not I like this. So I was like, I think this right. is my avenue. This is my lane to be able to talk about things that I enjoy. I went to middle school. I had to audition to get into. I went to uh, Mark Twain for the Gifted and Talented. Um, I was an acting okay. major there. And then I went to professional performing arts high school, the fame school. Us and LaGuardia go back and forth all the time, but we are the yes. fame school. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The original yes. high school. And then I went to Howard, yeah. got my BA fan theater. I studied abroad at the British American Drama Academy. And so for me, training has always been like super important. It's always great to when you can be a part of projects where it's helping to shift and change the world. And that's what I want to do from young. So like any projects okay. where I have the opportunity to do that are very important for me.
0: So do you find yourself those type of projects easy to, are there a lot of those projects that exist out now, whether it be streaming or whether it be network,
1: do you find that? I think now. So I think growing up, not so much. Mm -hmm. There's definitely Mm -hmm. like you have queen sugar you have what is it like you have so many different shows that are green yes like that are telling our stories and we have important stories like you know the Harriet Tubman stories we are the it factor right now you know what I mean like they are finally telling our stories and I truly appreciate that and so it's a blessing to be able to jump on board with that even I think about something that you put me in that to this day I've worked a lot thus far but the most impactful project that I've been a part of was something that I'm grateful to you for, for casting me in the Legacy Museum as a hologram doing a slave narrative so it's brian stevenson's legacy museum everyone should definitely check it out it talks about from uh, how slavery hasn't ended it's kind of just evolved to mass incarceration Uh, i was blessed to be able to be one of the holograms in the museum depicting a slave narrative which is amazing you know and they didn't change any Mm -hmm. of the words it literally was someone's actual narrative from slavery Mm -hmm. and even like from the shackles that we had on were real like it actually had which plantation those shackles were marked from. And so for me, even going there for the opening was a blessing to be able to just stand back and watch people have that experience with that hologram Mm -hmm. and to like see them tap into something with inside of them that connected them to their ancestry. I enjoy those things. I enjoy being able to honor my ancestors and telling their stories because it's important. And I think more stories that need to be told are about like, they always start us from slavery. And I enjoyed narrative pieces like that, but we were kings and queens too. We deserve to have those types of stories out there as well. Don't start us from where where you dropped us to. Start us from where we started from, where you were able to pick those things off of, you know? So I think those are stories that need to be told. They have a lot of Kings and Queens stories now, but not us. You know, an hour. Right. Yeah, I have to so. say,
0: in working on that project, um, yeah, as a casting director, there are projects that you work on that you're so proud. Like that's the one that goes down in history. And I believe that Elsa and I had a conversation because I know I wanted, I I fully supported you in the audition process. And this was back in live auditions, ladies and gentlemen, when we could act authentically. You know, like direct you and talk mm-hmm. to you. But I remember Elsa and I both championing you. You and you got it. And just my heart being so full, because for your your daughter, yeah. your family, like your legacy will live on forever, yeah. forever, like To think of all the people and the generations that your family can bring and you will be there forever. I, I thought that that was the most powerful thing about the whole process. And you were the one to be able to tell the stories because you are connected. Maybe there's something like in a past life with you, but I cried. Elsa and I, we bawled watching The taping and and to see, and I've been to Elmina Slave Castle, so they have a museum there. I've seen those shackles. The other thing is, which is really important, you know how sometimes people say, well, if it hasn't been done, maybe that means you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do it. But being at the Elmina Slave Castle on the roof, Mm -hmm. that's where they kept the king and queen's. And so they had sort of like, if you were to look at it now, it looks like a small bungalow, you know, like maybe a studio apartment-ish, but that's where the king and queen. So it made it feel like their accommodations were different, but you know, they were slaves. Uh So maybe that's something for you to tap into because as a Greg segue, now you are producing. Can you tell our audience, like, how did that transition happen? And has that, created a new passion in you now.
1: I say it definitely has created a new passion. At first, I was so against it. I was like, I'm an actor. I'm an actor's actor. That's all I want to do ever and ever. Amen. And you can't make me do anything else. And then right. but I've had great mentors like you and Bill Duke and like Kenya Cagle and a bunch of different people who were like, no, Jaleesa, you have other things to offer as well. And I gave all the excuses in the world as to why I shouldn't. So the legendary Bill Duke is one of my mentors. You know, when he comes into town, we sit down and like have these conversations and he gives you the hard truth, whether you want to hear it or not, but I appreciate it a hundred percent. And one day he said to me, he was like, Jalisa, you are very talented, right? But you are approaching this business from old Hollywood perspective. Um, in the sense where like people would take them, you know, the studio would take them, they would sign you to that studio. They would mold them and do all those things. And you kind of went on the path of that. He was like, that is not this business anymore. And he was like, if you want to make it, you're going to have to start to create your own content. I was like, I don't, I don't do that. I don't create. And I was like, <laughs> and I gave every excuse in the world. I was like, I don't write. He was like, we'll find a writer. I was like, well, I, I don't know how to operate a camera. We'll find a DP. Like anything that I had to say about that, he was like, he had yeah. a definite response, <laughs> you know, to that. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I didn't like this conversation. I left kind of feeling defeated. Like, well, what am I going to do? But like, you know, sometimes you get a message and it's not for you right then. It's for you to pick right. up later, you know? And then we had talked sometimes about, you know, artistry and different things and finding other passions the pandemic sat me down, right? Because there was no production, nothing was happening. And it felt like a rug was pulled from underneath me. And it was like, what do I do now? This thing that I've been at since I was eight, what do you need? It may or may not come back. We don't know what's happening. It's like, no, you, but you still have that urge to like do something, right? that, yeah. that urge to yeah. act or tell a story that's still within me. And I was like, produce, make your own content. Like, this is the time, like, to make your own stuff. And then, you know, you would bring me in for your classes. And that one day that it kind of, like, clicked, we did the the reading, you know, with one of your <laughs> students for a private session. And to do that, and I was like, oh. And in that conversation, it came up, like, let's make this happen. And we talked about that. You right. know, sometimes that happens, that conversation happens then. But it was like, no, let's not just talk about it. Let's actually make this happen. We're going to do this. We're really going to do this. And, like, mm-hmm. someone told me before that being a producer is like putting out mini five. And so, you know, we were figuring all the, the pieces out and like, you know, we lost our space uh, that we planned on using and we had to like, you know, regroup yeah. and figure out a new place. And then a couple days before we lost our sound person. This a right. film with no sound. Or bad sound. <laughs> you know, bad sound. that's awful. <laughs> awesome. So I um, had to call in favors and I had to learn that Asking for help is okay. And I feel yeah. like that has helped me as an actor as well as a producer, because I hate asking for help. I don't yeah. know if growing up, it felt like asking for help was like a weakness or I don't know, or like, and I also don't like to put myself at the mercy of others in the sense of like, you kind of hold the purse strings to say yes or no. But I learned that like, I right. can ask you for help, but it doesn't mean that you're my last resort. You say no, that means next, right? So I asked somebody oh, else right? and then I figure it out. And then using your relationships, like I feel like producing has definitely made me tap. Tass- into having to utilize the relationships. I build organic relationships. I think that's really important. I really hate fake relationships of like, you know, this business has those people where sometimes you're like, oh, I should get to know you because you do this and that. I was like, no, I'd like to tap into who you are. If I genuinely like you, let's work together. And yes, you're not going to love everyone you work with, but that doesn't mean that we have to break bread together. You know what I mean? We can work together, but if I'm going to break bread with you, you know, I need to actually like you. So- yeah, you know, because you have a personal space. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so I, I would say that producing has helped me be a better artist on the business side. Um, I've always mm. found it very, very, very important for training. Like that has been my thing. Like I've trained my entire life. And yeah. so I feel like I am ready for anything that you throw at me as an artist. I am working on being ready for anything you throw at me as a businesswoman. I had lovely professors at Howard, like uh, Henrietta Edmund, And mm. she was like, this is mm. business show. Like we could not call it show business. It's a business show because you need to know your business first, right? I had other people like Al Freeman Jr. who would like sit me down and one time he did a thing for me, like, and I didn't appreciate it at that time because I went to Howard. I was blessed with... Hey, you You know...
0: (laughs) You know that's
1: from Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> I was blessed with a full scholarship, actually two full scholarships, right? Um <sighs> Jerry Seinfeld paid for my school and like all of it. He the the Jerry, Seinfeld. The Jerry Seinfeld. Um he paid for uh housing, you know, he paid for a laptop, full tuition all four years. I also had a full scholarship from Howard because my grades were really good, you know, I, uh college was at a 4.0 going to college and all that. Wow. But um so I had full money. And so that was a blessing, which gave me the opportunity to study abroad and things like that. Keeping my grades up for me was always an important thing. But one time Al Freeman Jr. I love him with all of my heart. I've learned so many lessons. That I'm still I'm here to to day. Day. But there was one time he taught me a lesson that I didn't particularly care for in the sense Uh-oh. that he um, he gave me a B. Now, I didn't know what a B looked like because that never happened in my life. What is that? And I went to his office. I was like, Al Freeman or not, I'm coming. I need to know what is this, what's happening? And he told me that I wasn't giving my best. He was like, I was giving someone else's version of their best in the sense that like I skated by in class. I was able to get all the things that I needed to get done. It was presented as if I was, you know, great. But he was like, I know you have better than that. And he was like, Your mediocre is someone else's best, but I don't want that. I want your best. And so he decided to teach me that lesson with a grade. Um. So, but I learned the lesson really well. You know, yes, um, yes, I will say with that, I carry that with me instead of trying to blend in, learning to be okay with standing out, um, and knowing that that's okay. You know, I had a hard lesson with that in high school as well, in the sense of I went to professional performing arts, like I said, but I was Mm -hmm. a transfer student, and so my first year, I went to a different school. My first year, I came in as a sophomore, but whether where you come in at you have to start with drama one like so that's just what you do I came to right. drama one I was in drama one for a couple of weeks they skipped me but they didn't skip oh. me just to where like I would be as a sophomore they skipped me to drama three which was uh great and this is you know I guess talent wise they figured that I was in the wrong pool and that I needed to be somewhere else I appreciated right. that because I felt like I wasn't challenged in that first class I literally was just sitting there you know giving whatever and so because it was just easy so drama three was challenging but what that did for my social circle was it made people think that I thought that I was better than everyone else because I got skipped to drama three as a transfer student at that um and so from then I had tried like it was high school was hard it was rough I think I spent most of my like lunches with like my teachers because like those are the only people I really like had a connection to and so it, it Mm -hmm. You know, in lunchtime with shout out to Greg Parenti. He was my favorite acting teacher. uh, (laughs) But um, I sat with him and like learned other things. So like, but um, I learned from someone else I talked to recently that actually something that Felicia Rashad said as well. She came into our class at Howard and she said, Mm -hmm. if you change the way you look at things, you change the things you see. And I was reminded of that when I think about how I told the story of, you know, being skipped in drama as a victim story, as opposed to looking at it like, yeah, I was good enough to be skipped to drama three and learn lessons. And yes, you know, so I am learning to tell life from a triumphant point of view instead of the way that it might have felt in that moment of, you know, victimization. You know what I mean? So...
0: And unapologetically, you know what I mean? Like, I know we've all been in just regular classes, English and math. And maybe there's been a teacher's pet or a different or favorite that all the kids know that the teacher gravitates to or whatever. Um, My first class with you, I knew. Mm. And it has been I I feel blessed because I'm allowed the opportunity to witness you guys journey and to see, you know, when people would say no, and now everyone's saying yes. So, and and it's your passion as well, and your drive, and your work ethic. I, I want to talk about Blue Bloods, because as an actress, to me, that was one of the roles where, acting is not just saying lines. Like, you had so much to do, as an actress in that scene. And I just want you to break that scene down, mm-hmm. and your character to our audience, and tell them what was involved. So, that we know this is what classes help you do. They help you with the acting and the foundation, but you, your character may be eating, your character may be smoking, you know, but your character was doing several things. So I'm going to throw it to you.
1: Yeah. First off to say the Blue Bloods was a definite blessing in the sense that that was my first TV job Ever. And so for God to bless me with a guest star role as my first TV gig on network television, I am so grateful. I'm still getting these lovely residual checks that come in every day and I'm like, yes, you know, um, (laughs) that I am grateful for. But that role was great. Like I watched Blue Bloods, you know what I mean? Like that was one of the shows that was Great. And so to be able to step into that was wonderful. That audition process was a little nerve wracking because there were like several steps that you go through. But I will say that mm-hmm. uh, Josie, who's the casting director for that, Josie Rodriguez, she was amazing in the sense of like, it's great when you have casting directors like her and like you that actually care about the artist and like they mm-hmm. care about making sure that you're comfortable. So, you know, you have that first audition and then you, the callbacks are in this really small room. And I didn't realize there were going to be so many people in that room. People. Yeah. And it's small and like, so it felt very yeah. like, like almost on top of you. But before we walked into the room, she was like, just want you to know. Oh, and in the waiting room, because you know, you get to see all the people that you're going against. And it's like, right. Ah. You have to take a moment for yourself and say, I am good enough to be in this room. I am good enough to yeah. be in this room. And whoever it is supposed to be for, it'll go, you know, too. So, right. I had to take a breath and like, just, you know, Uh, soak into like just being me and being okay with that so she told me before I walked in the room that it was you know a lot of people in the room be prepared and so since I had that message I just connected with the reader in the space and just fell into the scene you know uh, right being on set was great but you do I did have to push a stroller, and that had to land at a certain mark. But there's no marks on the ground because they can't necessarily have that, especially in these wide shots. There's these trees on both sides and it has to land in between for this window. We were doing this uh, cross. I had to land at a certain spot to make sure that it was the right one, but still fully being engaged in the scene and have conversation. I love the challenge. I love challenges. Challenge me as an artist. You know what I mean? right. Appreciate that. And it was cool because they actually changed a line or two while we were on set just before we did the take, because we do this little powwow where you stand around, you kind of do like, uh, not even a full walkthrough, we kind of just did like the lines. It, right. I can't even call it a table read because we were literally standing in the set on space. And they were like, no, I think this line should change and I think you should say that and we're going to put that up there here. So you have to mentally process all that in addition to what you're blocking is that you're just getting, you know, and, and know that that blocking that you did, you have to be consistent with that for the That's editor. Right. Otherwise your, your takes can be cut out. Do you know what I mean? That's right. Um, so or yeah. you
0: can be unfortunately fired and replaced, mm-hmm. and then they'll have to reshoot that scene. One of the things that I loved when you were saying is that there's so many other things going on, you know, and there are also other people in your ear because prior to you shooting, you know, wardrobe comes up to you, makeup, hair, and then a producer may come up or the director is saying something in your ear. On top of that, you guys, there's nervous energy. And so at some point you have to negotiate that nervous energy with yourself, Mm -hmm. detach yourself from it, and just be there for the business of show. And the business is, this is your job that you were hired to do because you are an expert in it. That's why you got hired mm-hmm. and you got in that role. Tell us how it was working with Ava, DuVernay, and when they see us, how was that
1: experience? That was a dream come true. And I pray that I have the opportunity to work with her again. She is amazing and she is a beast in her own right. Like she she definitely commands the set, takes care of the artist and like she is mm-hmm. in charge of making sure that all the pieces are in place. That was the first set that I was on that I felt like I was taking care of, even with the makeup artist, you know, and the, a lot of times you go as an African-American, it's like, you know, you bring your own little side bag because you don't know right. if your makeup is going to be right. You bring your own little, whatever right. you need to do for your hair. Or you try to do it beforehand. I came on that set and like makeup was flawless you know what I mean in the in the time period and then like, right. the, the hair uh the hairstylist actually knew how to deal with black people and black hair which is rare which wow. should not be but it is right but like she knows what she wants it was a great experience to be there and kind of just see her like take control and like talk to us as artists, like see what we need in that moment and like make it happen. I had a great time, but that is another lesson you learn too as an actor. Even when we were on set, she gave me a compliment. At first, you know, I was holding a baby, you know, he was like four. So I Mm -hmm. thought she was giving him a compliment. So I was like, yeah, great job. She was like, no, I was talking to you. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you.
2: I put a post about
1: that and she responded and like left a comment on my, on my Facebook page um, saying I did a great job and things like that. I was like, wait, Ava knows my page. You you know, I exist. You know, but even with that, there comes the business into that, right? Like around that, there was that whole situation with Trump and like, you know, him being included in the, like how much of him was included the in the part five, how yeah. he originally
0: mm-hmm.
1: and put the page out in New York times yeah. and all of that. But they wanted to make sure that he, that, that it wasn't a story centered around him. Right. So like he yeah. had to get cut out. There were certain things that happened. I went to the premiere of when they see us. Right. That at the premiere is why I found out that my scene got cut. Do you know how much as an actor that hurts, like you're there, you're like, oh, it's coming up. It's right here. Oh, right. Oh, it's not and um and it was crazy because i had to deal with my feelings of that i had to also be grateful about the experience that i had with her can't take that away right i billy hopkins was the um the casting director for that i was able to build a good relationship with him out of that when i talked to him and some of his assistants they were like we still remember your scene because they got the scenes in dailies even though we didn't make it and i think part of the reason why I didn't make it because at the end of my scene it was a full monologue and like dealing with different stuff and at the end is a guy who comes up and he was like, Trump needs to stick to making his ugly ass buildings. Right. And so that was a part of, I believe, you know, you never get the full story of what it was, but like why it got cut was part of that dealing with Trump. So as an artist, you just have to keep trudging along. Right. Because like, it could be great. You can get the greatest feedback from like, awesome directors and like, do your best. but Things happen. And you have to learn to be okay with that. Like I had a lump in my throat for a minute behind that one, but I had a, an amazing experience and I will, I'm putting it out into the universe. I will have an opportunity to work with her again. You have taught about how manifestation is real. So I'm manifesting the opportunity to work with her again, just like I was able to manifest working with uh, Joe Morton. So I went to... Uh, yes, mm mm-hmm. I went to his show because he was doing the Dick Gregory story. And um, I was like, I'm going to take a picture with you because we're going to work together. Like, this is what we're going to do. And he was like, "Okay." We took a picture. And not too long after that, I had the blessing of the opportunity to do an improv with him for your sizzle for Inside the Black Box. You know what I mean? So... I am manifesting my destiny yep. out here. And then
0: while we're on the set shooting, we're on the set shooting the show and you're a part of the show. And I look at Joe and I'm like, you know, who we're going to get next? And Joe, like, okay, let's see. He points to you and says, Jelisa, <laughs> and And I was like he knows Jalisa, but he, he did. And you guys do have a relationship. So that's a blessing. We're going to hold on to Jalisa. This interview went by too fast. And I realized in interviewing you, how much mm-hmm. information that you have on the other side, you know, for these actors, these young actors that are coming up and thinking they don't need training and all of this. So we're going to have to figure something else out too. But this has been a wonderful, wonderful platform to bring you on and introduce you and just you gave us so many nuggets and so many jewels so I'm I'm proud to know thank you us. and I know your journey will continue thank strong you. so thank you so much Jalisa Capri everybody put <laughs> your hands together and stay with us because Jalisa's not going anywhere now you are going to be able to experience what I experience and other casting directors and directors when Jalisa performs she is going to perform a monologue specifically for you so we'll be back with the Spirited active podcast with me Tracy Moore for class and session.
4: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there.
3: Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo! Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and you are still so blessed. We have Jalisa Capri here. And normally... Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who follow our show, and we are so grateful that you do, we have a scene and it is performed for our guests and we get some feedback from our guests. Well, this time we are going to utilize this platform to showcase Jalisa Capri so that some of you have followed us and seen her in scenes, but now we're going to put her on a platform all by herself with what is called a monologue. And a monologue, for those of you who don't know, is a speech and it is, usually done by one person and you're speaking to either yourself one other person or a group of people and so chalisa what is your monologue for us
1: oh you want me to tell you what it's from okay (laughs) you
0: could do it do it and then after tell us that would be great let's do that okay all right right, so i'm going to give the mic ladies and gentlemen to jalisa capri
1: when i was a little girl i used to say I love you to the moon and down again, around the world and back again. (laughs) And she used to say to me, I love you to the sun and down again, around the stars and back again. And I used to think, wow, I love mama and mama loves me and what could go wrong? What went wrong, mama? I love you and you love me. What went wrong? You see, I I know she loves me. And I love her. And so what? So what? I mean, she's over there and I'm over here and she hates me because of the things that I've done to her. And I, I hate her because of the things that she's done to me. <laughs> you see... You, you stand up ask, asking, do you love your daughter? And, 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 and they say yes. And you think you've said something real. And then they think they've said something real. You think because you toss the word love around like a frisbee that we're all supposed to get all warm and runny. Oh. No. Oh. I mean, something happens to some people. Sometimes they love you so much. The love is like... Good and they just keep firing straight into your head. I mean, they love you so much that you go straight into a hospital. I mean, good, mama. I know, I know that you love me. The one thing you learn when you grow up is that love, love is too much is too much and not enough.
0: Thank you. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please. Wow. Um, I'm crying. Um, thank you. <laughs> it's your presence. It's your presence, man. Like, I am so happy that there is not another Jalisa Capri out there. Mm-hmm. I'm out here. And I know Elsa's out here in terms of talent, and we see a lot of talent. Um, <laughs> I always say that your strength is in mm-hmm. your individuality and uniqueness, and you stand in that. So we already know that and we are prepared to see more of your work on television, film. Tell us before we go, there are two things I want you to tell us. I want you to tell us about your Sundance and and your con film. And then I want you to also tell our audience about your self-tape consulting and where they can find you.
1: Okay. So I was blessed to be a part of actually several projects this uh, summer, not summer, this year. Um, And one of them is called Necessary Evil. It's based off of a book by Kareem Hayes and uh, directed by the amazing Jamal Hodge. And we've already been accepted into great film festivals like Sundance and Cannes Film Festival. So looking forward to being a part of that. And then... Self-tape space. I started a business where I do consultations for helping people develop their self-tape space in their home so that you are set and ready to go. And so that nothing is holding you back from getting the auditions and things that you want. You can reach out to me on my Instagram, which is my name. So Jalisa Capri, J-A-L-E-E-S-A-C-A-P-R-I. Would love to connect with people that way. And also self-tape space at gmail.com.
0: And I encourage and Emphasize and stress to all <laughs> of you to reach out to her because, no, Elsa, and I'll tell you, it is so important for you to have the right proper lighting great sound, and wearing the proper clothes and not having your whole family in the shop with you. All of those things, the business of show business. And this is what Jaleesa will walk through the whole process with you through at your home, mm-hmm. in the comforts of your home, but set up your studio and your space as a professional. So, and yes, um, Elsa just echoed, it is so important for your self-tape because you guys, listen, I just want to tell you again, shout out to Soul Santa, which Elsa and I both cast. We cast 17 principles. Mm-hmm. So on an average, we were getting anywhere from 1,750 per submissions per character or just in between that. Right. So we know within the first five seconds, we know by the way you slate, by the way you know, your comfort within that self-tape space, you know, and that's a big part of it. We're in that age, you guys, there's no longer live auditions. So you got to perfect it on these self-tapes and it pays to invest in yourself so that you don't have to keep going over it or you're questioning, why am I not moving forward in at least getting a
1: call back it could yeah, be your setup it could be for sure you had to make sure that everyone looks professional because that is a reflection of you yeah, that's um, right. you know and if it doesn't look professional it lets me know that you may not be a professional you know in another one of your podcasts Noel colloway talked about standards and that's something that stands out for me what are the standards that you were setting for yourself for your space you can have all the talent in the world but if you have all these distracting things in the background no one is going to hire you or at no. least not regularly You know what I mean? So it's best to make sure that everything is there. It's set up. It's one less thing to worry about so that you can focus on your artistry and be the best you and present yourself in the best light. Well said.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, stand up and put your hands together for our phenomenal Spirited Actor OG producer, self-tape guru, Miss Jalisa Capri. Jalisa! Thank you! (laughs) <laughs> and we will be back with the spirited actor podcast with me tracy moore and i'm going to give you love and now it's time to give love so this weekend my granddaughter celebrated her ninth birthday among her closest friends and she had a sleepover and then after the sleepover we went to sky zone and she played at sky zone and when we came home later that evening i said to Soraya, did you have a great birthday? Did you get everything that you wanted? And she said, grandma, this was the best birthday that I ever had. Now, mind you, when I asked Soraya prior to this event what she wanted for her birthday, she said she wanted a pony. Well, we knew that was possible because we live in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, and I don't know where the stables are. But I do know this, that the love and the fullness that I had in my heart, seeing in my granddaughter's eyes, that regardless of what was planned for her and regardless of being around her good friends and having the time of her life, her takeaway was the fact that all of us thought of her and all of us cared enough to put this birthday celebration together for her. So she'll remember jumping on the bed and the pillow fights and all the candy that my, my daughter had in the room. And she'll remember jumping in the foam and not being able to get out of it. But what her takeaway was, was just the fact that we thought about her enough to create that. Don't forget to look out for us on our new show, Inside the Black Box. My co-host will be Joe, the legend Morton. It's going to be the Spirited Actor podcast on steroids. We'll be streaming on the Crackle Network. I'll keep you posted. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited podcast. Thank you.